0: Are you considering homeschooling, but don't feel qualified or don't know where to start? Are you a homeschooler and feeling lost or just need some encouragement? This podcast is for you. My hope is that through everyday homeschoolers' stories, you will be encouraged, inspired, and empowered to and in your homeschool. I want to thank my friends and fellow homeschoolers Cole and Lindsay Novak of Good Company for allowing me to use their song, To Be Here Now. You can follow them on Instagram at music.goodcompany, their podcasts, Good Company Podcast, on Apple and Spotify, as well as on YouTube. I met Lauren when we were just teenagers at church. We ended up having kids the same age, and a few years ago, she joined our Wild and Free group. She is a mom of six who carries joy in the truest sense. I am so excited for you to hear from her, as she is a second-generation homeschooler, working mama, her and her husband are both entrepreneurs, and she's just a delightful part of my community and inner circle. Welcome, Lauren. Lauren.
1: Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for
0: having me. I am so excited you're here. I am honestly so honored because we've known each other for so long, but we've grown so close the past couple of years. And it's just been, you're just such a delight to um, my life. And you just have, you just carry so much light. You, You carry motherhood so well. And so I'm so excited for everybody to get to hear from you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I want to start from the beginning. Who are your kids? Who are you married to? So on and so forth.
1: Yeah. So uh, I got married to Evan um, 11 years ago. And we met um, when I was graduating high school, and he was in college already, and we both had a huge passion for soccer. Also, oddly enough, we were both um, homeschooled as kids. He went to high school a little sooner than I was, but he also got the homeschool experience. So carrying that into our own kids' lives was a blessing and um, something we were really excited to do. And we started having kids pretty quickly. Uh, We had kids when we were 25 and we started off with a bang. We had twin boys. And then we had a girl 18 months later. And then 18 months later, we had another set of twins, boy, girl twins. And then we finished it off with Tate, who is now three. So he's our youngest. And we, unless God changes things, we are done.
0: (laughs) So if you weren't keeping track, she has six kids. Yes. <laughs> two sets of twins. So a super unique makeup. And um <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy is we were always pregnant at the same time. Yeah. And so you have six kids, I have four, but they're all the same age. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. It's so special. Uh, yeah, it really is. So I love that you were um, both had experiences with homeschool. So tell me what your homeschool looked like growing up.
1: So growing up, I I came from a big family. I have eight brothers and sisters, four brothers, four sisters, and I was the second oldest, oldest girl and we were all homeschooled until probably the first, 12 years, I would say all of us were homeschooled. So the dynamic changed once my younger siblings started growing up and my mom was tired. Um, And so some of them started going to public school. Uh, It wasn't really in the cards at that point for some of the other kids to go. But me growing up, I went to public school when I was a sophomore in high school. So I was pretty much homeschooled my whole life. And it was, it really, was a huge range of things it was very very structured until um probably middle school and then it became kind of just me being self-motivated and getting stuff done by myself uh so I was a self-learner and kind of self-taught and I didn't get a lot of help um because I I was just that was the kind of kid I was I just liked to do things by myself so my mom kind of let us do what we wanted to do.
0: Yeah, and so you got kind of both worlds, and I don't know, for me, there was a time when I thought I would send my own kids to public school for high school because I felt like, oh, well, there's so much that happens in high school, especially in Texas. I feel like Friday Night Lights and, you know, all these big things Mm -hmm. that happen Here And even homecoming is a huge deal. I mean, across the country, but definitely in, in Texas. Um, and so I thought I might do that. Yeah. But as I go through homeschooling, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I would, I think the opposite, I think I would prefer to send them to elementary school versus high school. Yeah. Um, how was that experience for you going from homeschool to high school, going to school? I, it was very intimidating at first. Um, I was I was
1: pretty outgoing. Um, I was like an introverted extrovert. <laughs> um, no, I was an extroverted introvert. So on the outside, yeah. I was very friendly. I had a lot of friends. And all people always asked me, how do you make friends? And I was like, I don't know. I just talked to people. Like, I had lots of friends. Um, and I think, but just the fact that people would ask me that all the time going into public school, I was very intimidated. I felt like I wasn't going to be prepared. Uh, I felt like I was going to be behind, like I wasn't going to build it. And I'm also dyslexic. So that also was very intimidating knowing I was going to have to take time to test and things like that. Um, but hopping in, I realized that I was honestly way ahead. Um, high school seemed much easier than what I had been doing. Um, but I still loved it. So I think there's a place for both depending on your your circumstances in life, you know?
0: Yeah, it's very interesting that you said that you're dyslexic and then you did a lot of self-teaching in your homeschools. Yeah. What what was that like? Well,
1: I didn't do a lot of reading. Um, I did not (laughs) become a, a reader until I was really an adult. Reading was something I always struggled with. I didn't understand it. And I actually didn't get even diagnosed until I went to public school. My mom didn't know I had it. Um, She wasn't concerned about it. Uh, She just thought I didn't like to read. So it was something that they finally figured out at public school because they see so many kids. And I don't know, probably our generation was a little less aware of things like that, too. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure even your mom, I think. Yeah. you know, I think the reason why we weren't aware is because our parents, it was such a new thing for our parents right. and to realize just how common it really is yep. to struggle with dyslexia. So that's really great that you went out ahead though that you know, even with your dyslexia and self a lot of self-teaching, you still went to high school not behind. Yeah. And I think that can speak to a lot of parents who are worried about their kids falling behind in homeschool. Totally. How do I keep them on, you know, track with the public school and it's and it's really a something that is almost – once you're in the trenches of homeschooling, it becomes almost like, what? Why would you even be worried about that? Yeah. But I think it's because we are actively doing it and we can see how easy it is to knock out a lesson here and knock out a lesson there. It doesn't the – str- the lack of structure actually I think promotes more learning. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. So after high school, um, you went on to college – and what did you study in college?
1: I studied interior design, and it was something I knew I wanted to do since I was 12. I was completely, completely certain that's what I wanted to do, and then I got to mm-hmm. college, and it was a really hard degree. It was it was a lot harder than I was expecting it was going to be, but I still loved it. It was all the things I wanted. It used all my artistic side, but also my math-loving side, so it was just a balance of of my personality and I'm so glad that I ended up going that route
0: and you're still doing interior design today doing
1: interior design yep that's yeah it's like kind of my outlet now it's my break to have me time and be artistic and something I really love
0: yeah I think I think the listeners might be a little confused because just last week they will have heard from Lauren and who is also an interior yes. designer and also struggles with dyslexia yes. as well. These are two separate people. It is not the same people, but um, just just a coincidence. But yeah, so you work kind of part-time doing your um, interior design. And were you doing that when you started homeschooling?
1: Yes. Um, I was actually working more when I started homeschooling. Um, and then I kind of... Pumped the brakes on that a little bit and took back my hours so that I could just devote more time daily to homeschooling. So now I have one devoted day to my work and Evan handles homeschooling on that day and he also watches the kids. So he's home on Mondays, every Monday. For the most part, we're flexible and we'll work around if we need to. But for the most part, so Evan's my husband and he homeschools on Mondays and then I take over on Tuesday.
0: Yeah. And Evan, you guys own a business and that's why he's able to take Mondays off. Yes. Which is just really awesome that he can take over that day. Yeah. Um, and he did joke saying that he should be on here for his (laughs) Monday (laughs) week that he homeschools as his homeschool (laughs) um, that day. Um, which I just think is amazing. It just goes to show that like, you know, your family can look so different and you can really make things balance. You can pursue this career and Mm -hmm. and your husband can pursue entrepreneurship as well. And you can just really make it work. Um, so backtracking a little bit, when did you know you wanted to homeschool? Did you always know?
1: I would say for the longest time I was thinking about homeschooling. Um, but mostly I think because my mom kind of told me I should homeschool this and that. And then once I had kids, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't feel up to it. I feel like I'm going to get overwhelmed. I feel like I am not qualified. All these fears got into my head, but I just decided, you know what? I'll try it. And if it's not working out, then I can send them to school. It won't, you know, it's just preschool. Like we're okay. We can give this a go. And I think I was really overwhelmed by how much I really enjoyed it. Like I love it. Mm -hmm. I love being home with the kids. (laughs)
0: It's so funny to hear you say that you even struggled, didn't think you would be able to handle it and feel overwhelmed because you are the most chill mom of six I've ever met in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you you make it seem so easy. And so it's just, it's interesting to think that like in the beginning days, you really just didn't think you can do it. And yeah. when do you, so you say the preschool days is when you started noticing that you were enjoying it. So it didn't take long for you to realize, oh, I can't do this.
1: Yeah, it really didn't take long. I feel like I jumped right in and I loved it. I liked reading to them. I liked all the time I got to spend with them. So I think I figured it out pretty quickly. I wanted to make sure I still that first year I was kind of like, am I going to get tired of this? Is it going to be too hard? Um and I think I've pretty much worked through all that at this point. Unless God changes something, I, I really just love homeschooling. And I think the kids really like it too.
0: Yeah. So where did you start with homeschooling? Did you have any sort of method or curriculum that you were using? And about what age did you start? So I would say, we well, my mom
1: raised us on this curriculum called Sunlight, which is pretty similar to Ambleside Online. Um, and so if I hadn't, I actually looked into Ambleside Online too, but my mom had this curriculum, which came with just hundreds of books. So I've updated a, quite a few books here or there. But for the most part, I kind of follow that. And that's been a really good setup for me. It's like structure, but then I just do what I want with it. And because I'm not, I'm not super structured. So that allows me, you know, a day to day guide to be like, hey, this is about where we should be, but it's not, I don't follow it hardcore at all.
0: Yeah. So you started preschool. How many days a week were you doing in preschool? Or how many hours a week do you think you were doing in preschool?
1: We, well, with Max, so Max and Liam are our oldest, and I started with them, I was a little more intense. Um, mm-hmm. I was probably doing like an hour with them in preschool, which looking back now, I don't do anything with our preschoolers unless they're asking me to. Um, but with Max and Liam, I was like, I gotta, you know, I gotta stay on top of this, keep our heads, wait kids ahead in school and, you know, show everybody that I can do this. That was like kind of my mentality. I had to prove myself as a homeschooler mom. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would say it was a little too much for and, and for us then. I think that I, looking back, I wish that I had done a little bit less then, but it also led us to where we're at now. And I think it's a good balance.
0: Those poor firstborns. They, <laughs> yes. A little on the family yeah. friends, <laughs> But they, they come out fine. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so Sunlight is kind of like a Charlotte Mason style inspired curriculum. Yes. And literature based and everything. And so um, you spent a lot of your time reading, but for, a, for quite a few years, you were busy being pregnant and having newborns and stuff. What was it like in those early days when you were, you know, were at any point where you, you know, homeschooling while pregnant? newborn phase
1: yeah so we homeschooled while I was pregnant with three of them I think at least so the Jackson Kalen and Tate I was homeschooling at that point um I had just started with Max and Liam reading when I was pregnant with Jackson Kalen and then with Tate I was full-on homeschooling three of them at that point um and that was pretty intense. Those were intense. Those were intense days. It was very hard. You had to stop and nurse baby and clean up, throw up and all the things that go along with babies that are stressful and overwhelming and then throwing school in there. Um, we just had a lot of days where we we're like, well, we're just going to we're just going to take it easy today or we're going to push this off to tomorrow or whatever it needs to be.
0: Yeah, just kind of go with the flow. Yep. Yeah. And so were you doing, do you do a lot of like worksheets or anything like that? We really don't do a lot of worksheets. Most of our stuff is Mm -hmm. verbal. If
1: the kids are asking me to do writing of some kind, then we might make a worksheet or print something. I do have a lot of copies of worksheets that they could use, but they don't seem to enjoy them a whole lot. So unless the kids are showing interest, I just let them give
0: verbal responses. I love that. Especially as someone who has who has dyslexia, mm-hmm. it's. I feel like that's like your your compassion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh well, I preferred not to write, maybe, or something like that. That you're just like, I I will. Oral answers are sufficient. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, so what do so now you have, ages nine to three, and you have, um a busy household. I mean, you're working on Mondays Mm -hmm. and then you have Walden free day. And so what does your, what do your days look like? Like when do you do school and you know, just how is that structured? Do you do it first thing in the morning? Do you spread it out? What does that look like?
1: We usually do it first thing in the morning. Um, I like to get it, and we, we kind of have gotten onto a more consistent schedule at this point. Now that Tate is three, um, things weren't as consistent when he was two. Uh, we would kind of do school whenever throughout the day when we could. But now that he's three, he can actually sit through something or we can give him ABC mouse or a coloring sheet or something to entertain himself while I do reading with the older kids. And we do all of our schooling during tea time in the morning, which includes like a large breakfast and tea or chocolate milk or something, some sort of treat that like draws them in. And then we start schooling.
0: I love that. I love using personally love using treats to get school done because it's a motivator and also food keeps them occupied to be able to listen to the reading and stuff. And so you say you give him activities to do in ABC Mouse. I love that. I we used I utilize some technology for our 4-year-old and it's it you know I didn't think I'd be that person, but it really is mm-hmm. a lifesaver some days when nothing else is working. Yep, because there are days where you're like, okay, this whole sensory thing I had set up for you <laughs> is <laughs> not doing it today. So yep. So sometimes it's nice to do that. And, you know, has Tate shown any interest in doing school himself?
1: Yeah. Tate is probably our youngest one yet that has been asking me to read. He sees mm-hmm. Jackson Kalen. And Jackson and Kalen are almost six. And um, they are we're about halfway through our reading book for them. So they're they're doing well, they're progressing, but Tate sees them. And he is, he's three and a half and he's like, I want to do a lesson with you. I want to do a lesson. And so we'll occasionally sit down and do a lesson of reading with, with Tate. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I I love that one room schoolhouse thing. It really works because they, they're all sitting there and they all, they all see somebody else learning. Mm -hmm. And do you have, do you do the same, you know, like history and everything scheduled readings with all of the kids around? Yeah, so we do all of the scheduled reading together.
1: So even though we're technically, the, the older three are in third grade, um, Jackson, Kaylin, are kind of lumped into there if they want to be. They're not even actually in first grade yet. So they have the option to be there. But I mean, 99% of the time they want to be because it's mostly read, read alouds and they like it. They enjoy it. They like being read to and they like being involved in whatever their big brothers and sisters are doing. So it's an easy way to get them in and we just do all the same thing. And we even do the same math right now. We're doing um, Life of Fred mm. and it's a really good one because it's it introduces some kind of complicated stuff, but at the same time, it, it's very basic and simple for younger younger kids too.
0: And Life of Fred is story-based, right?
1: Yeah, it's story-based. So it's, yeah, again, they are, my kids like love stories. So we had trouble finding a math that we probably went through three or four different math books. And I was like, maybe we just shouldn't do math. (laughs) And then somebody mentioned Life of Fred and I was like, I'm going to give that a go. And they loved it. They really like it a lot.
0: So you went from this self-taught dyslexic student that didn't read to now you're reading every day aloud with your kids and not just for one subject or two subjects but for basically every subject Yeah, is there have you had any struggles with your dyslexia and reading to them aloud
1: not a whole lot but it is funny sometimes because I'll have to pause and reread something. And my kids will be like, why are you rereading that? And I'm like, I just want to make sure I'm understanding it. And they are way ahead of me and they already understand what I'd read. But sometimes I still have to read things a couple times just because I'll get in the rhythm of something and uh, that's just what I have to do is reread stuff. So that's about it though. Other than that, it's just really great. I enjoy reading so much now.
0: But I think the beauty in that is that they're seeing that you're not a perfect reader as well. Yeah. They're seeing your humanness like you're because a lot of times, you know, as kids, you put your parents on this pedestal that they know all these things and they've got all this stuff figured out and they can do all these things perfectly. But in reality is we're still learning and we're still growing and we still have our struggles as well. And so I can't imagine the confidence that gives them to even read because they're not hearing their mom read perfectly. Mm-hmm. I know with my oldest, she struggled reading aloud because, and even reading, period, because she was afraid, like, I can't get this word the first time I try. So I can't read at all. Yeah. And it took some coaching for me to say, it, it's okay. You just keep trying. And mm-hmm. now she pushes through it, or she'll ask me, What is this word? And so I I can only imagine the confidence it gives your kids to hear you pause and be like, No, I need to like make sure I'm comprehending this, I'm understanding this, and then moving on. Yeah,
1: good point. I've never thought of it that way. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) And teaching your kids to read too. You have it, I mean you're teaching them to read Mm -hmm. and you know, and it's and you had no struggles there. Yeah. It's amazing. We do, I think – We do
1: – what is it called? Um, 100 – learn to read in 100 easy, easy lessons, which is you learn the sounds first. And I feel like that's great. Um, so we like it. And it was easy for me to teach. Super easy to teach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's – I think I hear from a lot of moms that, oh, I'm dyslexic, so I can't – I don't think I can homeschool my kids. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and I just – I love that both you and Lorraine are both saying, nope, nope, I'm doing it. Yep. And I'm powering through it and I'm using my weakness and strengthening it through teaching my kids. And I just think that's am- just really amazing. Um, so you you say you do lessons at tea time and you have the street and everything in the morning, correct? Mm-hmm. So you uh, – are really probably are you getting your lessons done by lunchtime?
1: Yeah, we typically get our lessons done by lunchtime. We'll start, usually we'll start morning with a snack of some kind and then I'll do a big breakfast and then we'll sit down and do tea time. Sometimes we start with worship, sometimes we start, we always start with reading the Bible and then we jump into whatever else we're going to tackle. And we'll keep going depending on, you know, how the kids are doing. So one day last week, for instance, we were reading a book and they were just super into it. Instead of reading one chapter, like it called for, we literally read six chapters because the kids were like, please keep reading, please keep reading. And so we went till probably past one reading just a whole extra hour, just because the kids were having fun. And then there's other days, where they're like, we can't finish this one chapter. Like, it's beautiful outside. Mm-hmm. Or who knows? Maybe you're just having a rough day and they're like, we don't want to read. So it's it really does fluctuate day to day. But I would say a good average is we finish about 12. And then we'll do lunch. And then the kids kind of play outside the rest of the day. Rain or shine, they enjoy being outside.
0: Yeah. So what do you ever feel like you're falling behind um do you do you ever feel like you're oh we're we're behind we didn't finish this week's readings or whatever do you ever feel like that
1: I feel like I did initially like when I first started doing it with Max and Liam I felt a lot of that pressure but now I see them and I see how they love learning and their little personalities developing and them pursuing things that they enjoy and I feel like that fear is not I don't feel like I really struggle with that anymore I'm not super concerned about that I feel like anything that they want to do they will be able to catch up on when they're ready to do it
0: I love that so much that's such a walled and free philosophy too, <laughs> that, you know letting them also be ready I feel like that that's what makes you know enjoyable learning enjoyable and making long life learners because you're not forcing this this thing now and so do you do school year-round or do you have a set set breaks and schedule like that
1: we do school year-round and we'll typically uh just take a break like a week-long break whenever we feel like we need one so we just went on vacation last week to see my sister in georgia And we brought our schooling just in case we wanted to do it, but we ended up doing nothing. Um, And then we usually take at least two weeks, probably three weeks, sometimes four weeks at Christmas Mm -hmm. because that's a big – we like to take a big break there. And summer is usually when we work the most, honestly, because the kids get hot. And they don't want they don't want to be outside and they get bored inside. And so they're like, well, let's do let's do school like I'm I'm okay with doing this right now. And we get a lot done in summer. At least we have the past two two summers. We've gotten a lot done in summer. So we like Mm -hmm. taking more weeks off in spring and fall when it's just super nice outside. And the kids are just like, I just want to play outside this week.
0: And this is why we're friends because we live by that same schedule. I think really – I think most Texas homeschoolers probably subscribe to that same schedule. Yeah. Yes, especially wild and free homeschoolers because mm-hmm. we definitely want to be outside. We do not want to be cooped up when the weather's nice. Yep. But if it is hot and it is 110 degrees and the grass hurts to walk in mm-hmm. – You just don't want to do school. And I, and I love, that's one of my favorite freedoms of homeschooling is being able to really just take advantage of the natural rhythms of nature, of creation, of being able to, and really enjoy the outdoors. And of course, I know you can take school outside, you know, I know you can do that, but sometimes you just want to go play. And so, and so you, do you have a designated school area in your home? We're pretty loose with that too. (laughs) We're
1: pretty, we're pretty loosey-goosey all around. So we kind of float wherever. In winter, we're usually in front of the fireplace. In summer, we kind of just go wherever. We've kind of been, although we've kind of formed a new habit recently of doing it in the living room, and I think that's because we just have this really large table in there, and everybody can sit on the ground and eat their food and stuff, right there. Um, So that's kind of become a bit of a meeting room. But we also have our actual schooling room that we don't, we don't really use uh, anymore. And then we also do school outside on nice days, quite a quite a bit.
0: Yeah. So since your school is mostly oral, do you use any manipulatives or anything to aid in your learning? Yeah, we
1: use, for math, um, we use manipulatives every time we get anything out for math. Um, And then, I mean, we do a lot of art-based stuff as well. So we'll do art. We love geography. So they have, every time we're talking about anything, whether it's history or math, if a location comes up, we have the globe right there and the kids will fight over who's going to find that spot on the map, which is really fun.
0: That's awesome. So when you do the use these manip- manipulatives, that's a very interesting word. to yeah. say. <laughs> um, Do you are, do they stay in your homeschool room and then you bring them out or do you keep them out all the time? What does that look like? So
1: I have in our homeschool room,
0: we have shelves that are kind of up
1: higher than the kids can get to that way. If they want to play with something they can ask. Uh, but then Tate doesn't just get into everything and lose it or take it outside. Cause that would happen immediately. Um, so we, but we do have a basket, like a designated, we have a wood basket we got like from Ikea and I love it so much. It's the perfect size. If it it's under our table and all the books we're reading from and all the manipulatives that we're using, we store in that bin. And also any readers the kids are going through, we put them in that bin. That way, if they are looking for a new reader that's related to school, uh, they can just go and get in that bin and be like, oh, I'm going to read this one. And that makes it really nice to have it just right there when we need it.
0: That's awesome. That's like so nice to have it just within reach where you're not, you know, especially since you're not using the homeschool room, you're using you found a pl- comfortable place for all of you to do school and you've just also found a way to make that accessible where you're not running to gather things every day. Cause yeah. that can sometimes be the the thing that is hard to get started is when you have to go gather everything yeah. that you need that day. And
1: it's where you can lose the kids.
0: <laughs> At least yes. for me,
1: I'm like, Oh, I need to go get yeah. something. And then you get back and all the kids are gone.
0: <laughs> Dispersed. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you start school and is there a special way that you call your kids saying like okay we're going to do school or is it just a natural progression from you know waking up and to to school or is it or do you have something that like okay we're going to start school now typically i don't even call them uh,
1: we have i have a tray that i bring out all the goodies on and the kids see me preparing it for like 30 minutes to an hour and they are anxiously waiting. And I usually don't finish the tea or the drinks and the food at the same time. So they come in and they're like trying to sneak little bits. And I'm like, no, wait, <laughs> wait, just a little bit longer. So they're usually like pretty anxious by the time I'm carrying it in there. I don't have to announce anything. They'll do it for me. They're like tea time. It's right. Come on.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's I feel like that's such a, a sweet memory that they may not even realize that they're going to hold on to and probably take to their adulthood, you know, something that – a rhythm that you're establishing for the long run for them. Yeah. So is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would love to share or anything on your heart about homeschooling?
1: Hmm. I would say just don't – don't be don't let intimidation stop you from homeschooling because that was just and we did talk about this a little bit but that was like a big big thing for me I felt like I was not going to do a good enough job or I wasn't going to be able to do it and you can like we are their mothers and we are more in tune with them than anyone else and fully capable (laughs) and equipped of giving them the best education. And I'm so glad that I was introduced to this and and wild and free, like introduced to this whole group, Um, find a community that supports, supports you too through it. Cause that's been huge for me.
0: And on the note of Walden Free, I mean, our Walden Free meets all over the place, and oftentimes you load up your six kids and drive an hour plus to meet. Yeah, and so it's and it's not always easy. I mean, you definitely make it look easy (laughs) because you show up with a smile on your face no matter what (laughs) happened that morning. But it's it's you know it just speaks volumes when you see somebody like you. Um, with six kids, who drove an hour plus to meet, and you showed up. It takes such intentionality, and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Community-wise, they think it's just going to fall in their lap. When yeah. you know it, there there also takes an effort that totally. you have to be proactive. Yes, to to form that community.
1: Yeah, that was something that I struggled with too. Is community when I first started, I had no homeschool community. And I longed for it and I was like, why don't I have it? And then it finally clicked that I need to put myself out there and pursue these friendships and be intentional about it. Um, And that's when I reached out to you when (laughs) Tate, Tate, I was still pregnant with Tate at this point. So that was over three years ago. And it was, it was hard getting started because it was, it was a long drive. And Mm. I think the first one I finally went to was in Plano and I was like, this. Actually, this is Plano. I I just recognized the city, so I was like, oh, I'll go to that one, and it was still forty five minutes away. And then I looked at another city, and I was like, oh, these are all like about the same time. If I can just like pull ourselves together, pull myself together each week, and put make the work and do make this happen, you know, it can. It and it worked out so well. It's been so good, and it there is definitely still lots of hard weeks where I'm like. Ugh, I don't know how I'm going to make this morning happen. But we push through it and it's always worth it. It's always worth it in the end.
0: And you put your kids in charge of packing their own lunches. Yep. Which is empowering them. If you're hungry, you you will pack your lunch. Yep. <laughs> and I love that. It's, it's surrendering. It's giving them that independence. And it's really awesome to see all of your kids. And it's really fun to see what they pack.
1: Yes. Yeah. It got overwhelming. Yeah. It got overwhelming at some point because I was like, guys, I can't remember what everybody likes. And, you know, they change their minds every month or two on what they like, too. So I'm like, you guys pack your own lunches. And a few times they've definitely had to learn natural consequences. If they don't pack enough food, they're hungry.
0: Yeah. so I just I love that. Okay, so last question. Who is your homeschool hero? Hmm. My
1: homeschool hero. I have to think through this one. This is (laughs) tough. I feel like there's many people (laughs) I look up to. You can just start
0: spouting off names,
1: spouting (laughs) off names. Well, Brittany, you're definitely one of them. You're one of the people that inspired me to start. I'm not joking. Um, I also really like, um, and I'm terrible with names, but it's a lot of wild and free people, uh, like the leadership people and I follow their pages. Um, but just the way they teach, I'm like, Oh, this is exactly what I want to foster in our family. Um, but Ainsley does a really good job. Ainsley Armand, yeah. obviously. Um, I like how she's very – she doesn't seem super structured, which I like. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, This is a hard question, Brittany.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Ainsley is a great – one. I mean, she's – for as far as we – like, you know, our group goes, it's – she definitely is the heartbeat because – we wouldn't all be in just the rich community we have if it wasn't for the thing that she started. Yeah. So and she is such a beautiful speaker and writer. It's, oh she's I mean, so good. She pulls the heartstrings every time and reminds me why I'm doing this every I time I read. So it's if you're not following her on social media or I haven't read her book, The Call of Wild and Free, then you're you need to do that. Yeah, you need to do, do it. both of those things. <laughs> If you're not on social media, just read her book and subscribe to the content bundles because she also writes in there and they're beautiful. Um, Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. It's really, really an honor because you're just – you're one of my best friends and somebody that I admire so much. And so it's just such an honor for, you know, just to sit down and get to share you with other people. Mm -hmm, You're so sweet. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so i'm starting this podcast off with my friends because i want to show how broad my community is i want you to see how different families function and work and how their homeschool looks and so i know that lauren and lauren stories can sound very similar even down to the name however i hope you heard the nuance in their stories i hope you heard the differences and can get something for, from each of them. And I'm so insanely grateful for my community to be the first ones to step up and share their stories to encourage you. And if this is encouraging you, I would love, I would be so honored if you would leave a review on Apple and or Spotify podcast. So that way I would know that you are being encouraged through this podcast, but other people can find the podcast and be encouraged to homeschool or encouraged in their homeschool. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And I hope you have a beautiful homeschool week.